we launched into our Advent series, which we launched by talking about joy last week. What does it mean to be carried by joy? Today, we're going to talk what, what does it mean? What can it look like to be anchored by peace? Uh, I'm, very, uh, I'm very excited about this message because, you know, peace is, like joy, something that is already deposited in your born-again spirit. It's not something that, as a believer, we really need to kneel down and pray and ask God for and beg Him for. It's something He's already given us. Uh, do you know from Galatians 5, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, those aren't things that we're asking God to give us. Those aren't things He might give us, might do for us. Those are the fruit. In other words, the outpouring of the Spirit God put inside of you when you said yes to Jesus. So like joy, peace is not something we are begging for, asking for, or even waiting for. Peace is something that every believer can experience at any time. We're going to get into that, but really what it comes down to in the natural and the supernatural, the spiritual, is your focus. It comes down to your focus, which really is, is, is one of the things joy comes down to, whether we're operating in that or not. But we're going to talk about focus. We're going to talk about center. The word focus, uh, the definition of it is actually defined as the center of interest or activity. So you could talk about the focus being the center point. It's the center of interest or activity. I'll use both words today probably more than a few times. Center and focus. But too many people believe that peace is just something that we can maybe experience. Believers even Peace is something maybe we can experience. The world believes peace is the absence of war, that peace is the absence of strife, that peace is the absence of problems. But let me tell you, if that's true, we're all in trouble because as long as we're here in this world, there'll be wars and there'll be rumors of wars. There'll be strife. There's an enemy that's against you. Man, this world sometimes is just against us, right? It's a fallen world. There are issues in this world that come against us. Peace is not the absence of strife or problems. Peace is the presence of Jesus. And this is what we uh, heard declared from the angel at the very beginning of the Christmas story. If you go to Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 14, we read this last week, centered around joy, but today we're going to focus on the peace. The angel appears to the shepherds and he says, fear not. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, and this shall be a sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a great multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. So either the angel was lying when he said and declared peace on earth or peace is not the absence of war, strife, or problems. War did not cease when the angel declared peace on earth. Strife did not cease. Problems didn't cease. In fact, the birth of Jesus, we learned from Tuesday night with Rob, caused a whole lot of problems and strife in the natural. In fact, you remember this is in the Christmas story. Herod, when he found out that the Messiah had been born, man, he had all the newborn children in Bethlehem killed. That is not peace. That was not peace. 
So when this angel sends a direct message from God to the shepherds and what he said to all men, to all women, when he said peace on earth, he was declaring the arrival of the Messiah, the peace incarnate of God, the Messiah that would make peace between God and man by becoming that sin offering, that final sacrifice that took care of the sin which caused the strife between man and God one time, once and for all. Peace is not the absence of something. It is the presence of Jesus. That is what peace is, and that is the promise to every believer. If you are a believer, if you are a believer and you're not experiencing peace, it's not because of God, it's not because of Jesus. If you turn to the book of Isaiah, you get some insight into maybe why you're a believer, not experiencing peace. Isaiah 26.3 says, thou will keep him in perfect peace. This is the important part right here. Whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. You will keep him in perfect peace. So do we need to sit down and beg God for peace? Lord, please give me peace. Please bring peace to my life. And he's saying, I already gave you peace and I'm telling you how to experience it. Keep your mind stayed on me. And look what it says next. When you keep your mind on him, you're going to begin to trust in him. Man, that's an important thing. Trust is an important thing. When you trust who God is and what he's about, you'll have peace in every situation. One of my favorite things I got to see with my own eyes is my daughter, Ava, who loves good food. When she was younger, she uh, didn't branch out quite as much in the food area as she does now. It was all about chicken tenders and ranch dressing and french fries and mashed potatoes. I mean, a lot of kids eat like that. We have a good friend. One of the elders here, Mike Cavell, is one of the best chefs I know. Ava trusts Mike Cavell with her life. She's known him her entire life. She loves his cooking. She loves his food. And one day he made this spicy curry, right, with all this stuff in that curry that Ava had never even thought about trying. And there was bamboo, uh, those little bamboo shoots in there. There was uh, weird looking, uh, I think he had lamb in it. She didn't like that. There was peppers, there was onions. And he puts this bowl of curry in front of Ava and I'm thinking she's gonna want a quesadilla. I look over two minutes later and she's just down in this entire bowl of curry. And she looked up and she goes, can I have a little more curry? I said, How, why are you eating that? She goes, well, I, I knew Mr. Mike made it, so I just knew it would be good. Man, she trusted Mike. She trusted the chef with all of her heart. She didn't even look down and say, ooh, I don't like onions. I don't like those little weird-looking things. I don't like this. I don't like that. She just knew that when Mike put something in front of her, it was going to be good. She ate it and had an awesome experience. And so many times, that is the same thing that we like as believers. We see what the world is doing. We get our notifications. We see that there's turmoil. We hear uh, about rumors uh, of new viruses, new diseases, new wars, new things, new all this. Everything comes and hits us. And we wonder why we don't experience peace. And God says, look, keep your mind on me. You'll trust in me and you'll experience peace. It works like an anchor in a boat. Listen, an anchor does not do much good just sitting on the deck of a boat. If the water is in turmoil, the boat is going to be in turmoil. If the water is rough, the boat's going to be up and down rocking. But when you pick that anchor up, or when you lower it, you probably can't pick it up. But when you lower the anchor into the water, it doesn't matter what the water's doing. It keeps the boat steady. And 
that's what peace is for us. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. When you lower your anchor, when you put your focus on the Lord, when your center point is Jesus and who you are in Jesus, it's lowering that anchor into the water and you'll experience peace no matter what is going on around you. Because if you have your trust or your focus on anything else, it is in just as much turmoil as the rest of the world. If your trust is in your money, if you open up your bank accounts, you look online, you got your app, and there's a certain amount of money you see in there, and it makes you feel good, and when it goes below that amount, you start to get a little antsy, you start to deal with anxiety. Listen, I'm good. be good with your money. Do what's right with your money. Save money. Give money. Don't overspend. The secret to money is don't spend more than you make. It's a very simple truth, but I think like 70% of our country does not understand that you shouldn't spend more than you have. It's, it's pretty crazy. But you can do everything right with your money and your finances, but it could be gone in a second. It could be gone in one second. And if your trust is in the billion dollars you have, I know we have a church filled with billionaires. When your trust is in your one billion dollars, it is still just as rocky as a boat without an anchor. When our pastor, Pastor Daniel from Nicaragua, who just got elected as president of parliament of all of Central America, is that crazy? Pastor Daniel, who a lot of you know, who, who is in charge of our schools in Nicaragua, uh, the man on the floor just got elected to be president of parliament of all of Central America. It's pretty amazing. He lived through a very prosperous time in Nicaragua where his family was very well off. They were the equivalent of millionaires. In fact, he was a famous DJ. He was a radio DJ and had a great salary just playing music on the radio. And overnight, a, a communist regime came into Nicaragua, overthrew the government, and you went to bed one day as a millionaire and everything was well. The next day he woke up and a million dollars couldn't buy a sandwich at a convenience store. Every bit of success that his family had accumulated through money was gone overnight. And then within two years of a communist regime, an earthquake happened, tore the infrastructure of Nicaragua completely down. And here we are 20 years later, it's no longer communist, but it is now, it's still the second poorest country on this side of the world, second only to Haiti. If your trust is in money, it doesn't matter how much you have. You have no anchor and you will not experience peace. If your trust is in the power, the earthly authority that you have been given or that you've worked yourself up to, it could be gone in a second. Listen, people are getting canceled left and right every day, no matter who they are, how much power they've accumulated, or what kind of position of authority they have. Why? Because we might have a forgiving God who doesn't hold our sins against us, but we live in a world that will hold every one of your sins against you. We live in a world that will dig up mistakes that people have made 20, 30 years in the past and immediately cancel them and end their careers right away. How many of us have mistakes we made 10, 15, 20, 30 years in the past that if they were to come up, man, the world, in the words of Andrew Womack, would take your lunch and pop your bag. Doesn't matter how much power or authority you have in this world, if that's where your trust is, you will not experience peace. 
As thankful as I am for our country, as thankful as I am to the men and women who have served, even given their lives for us to experience the benefits of being born or living in the United States, as thankful as I am, and I mean that with all my heart, I'm thankful to our country every day. I'm thankful for this country. But if my hope is in my country, if my confidence and my peace is in my country, it could be gone tomorrow. And that's not real peace. I was reading the book of Daniel this week, and he was serving a king who was very successful. And one day in the middle of a successful reign, this king sees a vision, or maybe it wasn't a vision, it could have been a physical hand, but a hand shows up. Have you ever played Smash Brothers? You know how the last big boss fight is just that hand? This literal hand shows up. If you read your Bible, you'll find out things like this. This hand shows up in the king's court and begins to write on the wall, and they all see it. And he calls in Daniel the prophet. He goes, what does this mean? And Daniel said, ooh, bad news. I'm really sorry about this, but this means your reign's going to come to an end, and somebody is going to succeed you very soon. It happened that night. The king died that night, and there was a new king and a new regime the next day, and it was a whole new ballgame. You can be grateful for your country, but if that's where your hope is, if that's where your confidence comes from, your peace could be gone in a second. Psalms 20, verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some trust in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Man, that's good. Man, that's good. It doesn't matter what you've accumulated in this world. It'll burn. It could be here today and gone tomorrow. And if that's where you get your peace, your peace will last as long as that lasts. But we have a God that doesn't change. We have a God and a Savior who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when our focus is him, when our center point is Jesus, if any of this is gone tomorrow, our peace remains. Our peace can remain. That same God is the God that David was talking about when he wrote Psalm 20. He said, some trust in horses, some in chariots, but we'll remember the name of the Lord. This is the shepherd boy who, if he had his trust in, in the natural, he would have been holding five rocks and staring at a giant. But he had his trust, his focus was God. In fact, how did he respond to Goliath? Goliath taunting the army of Israel, not one champion stepping forward to face Goliath. And David hears him say, your God can't save you. And he says, what did he say? And nobody, nobody's going to go take care of this because he was the only one there who had the right focus. He was the only one there whose center point was Jesus. He said, it doesn't matter if I have your armor, King Saul. It doesn't matter if I'm taller than him or shorter than him. I have God on my side. That's what he said. And he walked away from that moment victorious because his peace wasn't in his own ability or even in the five stones that he was holding. And if Daniel's peace was in his power, then he would not have felt much peace as he was thrown into the lion's den because no matter how much power he had in the natural, it wasn't going to be more than those lions that were hungry and waiting to be fed. But he found his peace and his focus, his center point was the Lord. And he was at peace the entire night in the belly of the lion's den. If Abraham's 
peace was in his own wealth. He would have never, he would have never experienced the promise of having a son and being the father of many nations because that was something his wealth couldn't buy him. The enemy would love nothing more than for your focus to be anything other than Jesus. He'd love for your center point to be anything other than your relationship with God because anything else for a believer being our focus or our center point, you could call it double-mindedness. James chapter 1, verse 8 says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. If our anchor of peace is keeping our focus and our center point on Jesus, then having our anchor of peace be anything other than God, anything other than Jesus, We've confessed with our mouth. We believed in our heart that he's Lord. But is he really the Lord of your life? Because if not, that's double-minded. And the Bible says you'll be unstable. You might have peace one day, but then the next day, you're the opposite. Have you ever felt that? We've all been there. Right? I'm, not, I'm not up here preaching at you. Right? I'm with you. We've all had peace one day, and then the next day, been attacked with Anxiety. I mean, we, we can remember a time even just a year and a half ago that we all experienced where one day we're probably at the gym, one day you're probably uh, just going about your business, and then that night you start hearing about a virus, and the next day your job is shut down, and, and, and your gym, you can't go back to your gym, right? The whole world changed overnight. And if your peace is anything other, if your center is anything other than Jesus, I don't know how a believer could be any more double-minded. So as a believer, if you're not experiencing peace, if you're not experiencing and accessing the peace that is on the inside of you, remember that word from Isaiah. Let's read it again. Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. We'll make it Different tense here. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you because he trusts in you. He will keep you in peace. That's a promise. That is a promise that you can bet on as a believer. You know, it, it, certain jobs, certain activities in life, it, the way you see yourself, who you are, the things you love, you know, you'll filter all your decisions through that. The best athletes filter every decision they make through being an athlete. Their entire diet is based on the truth that they're an athlete. Their entire sleep schedule, their sleep patterns are based on who they are as an athlete. Everything they drink, this is all filtered through the truth of them being an athlete. A writer, if you're a writer, everything you do in life is filtered through that. I, I, I carry a pen and pad around or my phone note section and man I can have a conversation that sparks something and all of a sudden I'm, I'm taking notes and writing something down because I filter everything through the truth of being a writer. So what do you filter things through? Maybe you're a hunter. Maybe you filter everything through it's hunting season, right? I talked to a couple of you guys I know. I mean Thanksgiving for me is wake up and get ready for a big old lunch. Some of you guys are like nope, wake up and I'm going to go hunting. I don't know, if you don't get anything, I guess you just don't eat. 
Don't eat on Thanksgiving. When something consumes your life, I'm you filter every decision through that. As a parent, it's very easy to filter every decision you make through, I'm a parent. How does this affect my kids? You know what this is like. We've all experienced this. But as believers, as children of God, filled with the Holy Spirit, when we can begin to filter every moment, every decision we make through who we are in Jesus, through who he says we are, through the truth that I'm a child of God, that's keeping our focus and our center point on him, and we'll start to make different decisions. We'll start to make decisions that even lead us to those moments of peace more than anything else. We'll make better decisions. And just like all these people, I'm sure, you know, when you're, uh, Judah, my son Judah is playing middle school basketball and he's doing so good. And, and the other day I watched him, uh, he, he had a, I called him out on this once, but he did it first. He had a, a bag of Oreos in front of him. He says, oh, I'm only going to eat about two or three of these. You know, I'm on a basketball diet now. I was like, all right, two or three Oreos. I guess they're on a basketball diet, right? You got to get your, you got to get your bulk from somewhere, right? But he's starting to do this thing where he's even at 12 years old beginning to filter his decisions through this idea of I want a team, I want a basketball team. And right now he's gonna be doing it very on purpose. He's gonna have to on purpose decide this stuff, but eventually it'll become second nature. My brother-in-law came and watched uh, Judah play basketball this week in his second game and he, he said it's kinda like watching Judah two and a half years ago when he had his first big, big kid soccer game. He was filtering every decision he made on that soccer field through what he heard his coach say. He was thinking through it, which kind of translated to he looked a little bit confused on the field sometimes because he's thinking, what did coach say I should do here? What did coach say I should do there? But as the year went on, he stopped having to think through all that while he was on the field and it started to become second nature. And that's the same thing that happens to us. We might leave here today and begin to make decisions filtered through the lens of Jesus, who we are in God, who we are in Christ, and maybe we'll have a good few hours, right? Okay, I'm not gonna step into this very ungodly conversation because my focus is in the right place right now. I'm gonna say no. All right, I'm not gonna watch this movie or, or this TV show that's gonna make me afraid to turn the lights off in my room tonight because this is not who I am in Jesus. We might leave today and while this message is fresh in our brains, make some good decisions, but tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, when this message gets further and further away, we might have to on purpose Pull out our notes, remember what was said today, and make some decisions on purpose in the moment, thinking back to this moment. But the more we do it, the more it will become second nature. And then it doesn't matter if you have a week where you might even miss a church service, right? You might, you might have a busy week where, where you go on throughout life, you don't hear an encouraging message, but you're still filtering all your decisions through who you are in Christ. And you're still anchored in peace. Just like Judah at the end of that soccer season was, man, just out there making the right plays without having to remember, this is what coach said, this is what he said. You gotta do it on purpose. Romans chapter two, Paul calls it renewing your mind. And he says, if you don't renew your mind, then you will become conformed to the way this world is. This just our natural instinct as humans to think like the world. But if we keep our mind renewed, 
and filter our focus. Everything is going through who we are in Christ. Our mind will stay renewed to who we are and we'll begin to make the best decisions you've ever made. You'll make some uh, just on your own. And, and, and if you're still not sure about stuff, I mean, we have this great gift called prayer where we communicate with the Lord. And in the middle of a moment, we can stop. We can take a second and we can say, Lord, what's the decision that you want me to make here? What are you saying? Some of it will, will just be obvious. Okay, I'm not going to do this to my body because my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to go do this unhealthy thing. I'm not going to put this into my brain because man, my brain uh, needs to be filled with who I am in the Lord, who I am in God, who I am in Christ. And doesn't this remind you of the words of Jesus from Matthew 6, 33? He said, seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. You know what he was talking about was all the things that we can get into worry about. All the things that can cause us anxiety if we allow it. He's talking about the food we eat. He's talking about the, the income. He's talking about uh, the, the output of our lives and if we're productive or not productive at our company. He's talking about every part of life that fluctuates. And he says, if you just seek the kingdom, I'll add this stuff to you. And isn't that what God said a couple thousand years before through Isaiah? That if you just keep your mind stayed on me, you'll begin to trust in me and you'll stay in perfect peace. And peace is your anchor, but it is doing no good on the deck of the boat. You got to lower that anchor into the water and then it doesn't matter what is going on around you. You'll be steady. You'll be strong. And you will be at peace because peace is not the absence of turmoil. It is the presence of Jesus. Amen. And does he ever leave us or forsake us? No. No. And when we have our focus and our center point as him, we are very aware of that. We are very aware of that. He is as real and as present with you in every moment as if he was a physical person sitting beside you right now. I know so many times in my life I've thought, man, if I could just see Jesus like the disciples saw him, I would be at complete peace right now. But you know, they didn't experience that. They were in a garden with Jesus when a legion of Roman soldiers came after them. They were so not at peace that Peter grabbed a sword and attacked. They were not at peace just because Jesus was standing with them. And I believe that's why Paul said, it's actually, well, Jesus said, it's actually better for you if I go than if I stayed. Because if he's in the flesh, he can be at one place at one time. But now that he has deposited the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, I'm telling you, his presence can be more real to you than it was to the disciples who walked with him in the flesh. His presence can be more real to you than those that saw him in the flesh. And he said so himself. We just have to keep him at the center. Filter who you are. Filter every decision through who you are in Christ. And if you're saying to yourself, who am I in Christ? Start from this point. I say it all the time. Most of you probably know this. You know exactly what I'm going to say. You are a leader 
not a follower. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not below. You are a lender, not a borrower. By the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. You are blessed according to his riches. You are filled with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Peace, joy, love, patience, kindness. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead is resident on the inside of you. Come on, that's good, good news. But you gotta remember that. You have to remind yourself. Sometimes in the moment, you're gonna have to be like Judah on that soccer field and say, okay, I'm not making decisions like a leader would decide right now. I'm not making the decisions based on being above and not below. I'm not making decisions based on who I am in Jesus. And then change your decision. But the more you do that, the more you begin to make decisions on accident, filtered through who you are in the spirit than you've ever done on purpose. It's good, good news. Anchored by peace, the angel said, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. As long as we're here, that peace is not gonna be a natural worldly peace. It is the presence of Jesus and he's present in your life at every moment once you say yes to him. Amen? Amen. Let's all stand together. I invite the band to come back.